Hello and welcome back to the Quacked Out Pod. I am Charlie Folkstead, joined by Reed Tingley, and we're here to preview Wazoo this week. Reed, how are you feeling in general, and then how are you feeling about uh, this game? I am doing pretty well in general. Um, I think that in terms of this game, uh, it's just kind of, we've talked about it before, we know Oregon is in a good spot here. Kind of crazy that they're at three after all the discussions that we had uh, at various points this season, particularly after Stanford and that bye week and all of that. Um, and so now it's kind of an uphill battle, just just survive each week. And, and I think that Ducks are in a position to hopefully do that this weekend. Yeah, you mentioned the playoff rankings. Obviously, we usually do this show right after those release on Tuesdays. Uh, both of us were a little bit busy, couldn't get that done yesterday. But um, first, let's before we jump into playoff talk, actually, let's talk about some final conclusions from this Husky game. Um, I know you were watching QB11's uh, rewatch stream because I saw you commenting on it uh, as I was doing my rewatch today. Um, what are some things that stood out to you from that game that maybe didn't in the first place? Um, you know, I think that, uh, the rewatch didn't tell me all that much. I think, uh, it kind of confirmed what we knew that we, we dominated the lines of scrimmage for the whole game pretty much. And we went out with kind of a weird game plan where we threw the ball to start and that didn't work out very well. Uh, and obviously the pick being the biggest indication of that, but, um, that the ducks were pretty dominant and that based off this game you play it you know more times than not especially in better weather conditions Oregon wins this game by 20 or more probably in my mind mm-hmm. yeah it was similar to me it wasn't as close as it uh, even felt in person which it didn't really feel that close either um yeah man we were just dominant in pretty much every phase uh especially I mean passing defense I think is something that we didn't highlight well enough Mm -hmm. Um, obviously dylan morris isn't the greatest quarterback in the conference or even close to that but uh i mean we (laughs) for a reason right i mean even against bad quarterbacks you can't afford to make stupid mistakes on defense and for the most part we didn't um including that that dante manning penalty down by the goal line which i wasn't so sure about at the beginning and now i'm really really unsure about um So just something to keep in mind as well. Uh, Just the defense overall, really. I mean, we talked a lot about the run defense last episode, but watching it on tape really emphasized that we own the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I feel really confident in this front seven's ability to stop almost everybody in the run game. I mean, we forget that we, (laughs) we pretty much nullified Ohio State's rush game without KT and still starting Hukulani because Bassa wasn't who he is now. Um, so it's safe to say we've definitely improved personnel-wise. I'm sure Ohio State thinks they've improved along the offensive line as well, and maybe in the run game. But overall, I feel really good about this defense. Um, and I think ultimately what I come away with from this game is that if A.B. plays well, we're going to win. And if he doesn't, then maybe we have a shot at losing, but we can still win comfortably even when he doesn't. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I got. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, 
the defense probably, like you said, I think uh, QB 11 and Hith talked about this too. You know, I, Oregon hasn't had this kind of crazy single game transformation on defense exactly. It's not like it just jumped from one thing to another, but I think slowly this defense is improving as it gets pieces back, as Bossa gets more comfortable, uh, and it's kind of steadily marching into the territory of being a pretty good defense. And when you pair that uh, with a good offense during the times that AB is on, this team looks really good. And when he's off, like you said, uh, they're a little more vulnerable, but still capable of winning games. Yep. And that winning games part is something I want to talk about when we uh, think of expectations for this team. Obviously we're number three in the country now, but the general consensus around this sport right now is that there's just not a lot of elite teams outside of Georgia, obviously. I mean, Bama looked combustible against uh, LSU, and that's not the first time they've done that this year, obviously. Uh, they're kind of assumed to have that second loss against Georgia in the SEC title game. Or if it's a win, then they're in, you know. Um, even Ohio State, like, they did not look great against Nebraska. They didn't look great against... Penn State, at what point do they kind of trip up along here? Um, do, do you think that team in particular can go undefeated the rest of the way? Uh, Ohio State, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, they can go undefeated. Will they? I think it's, I think it's really close. I think it's basically a toss-up, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um I mean, you can look at like S&P Plus numbers. They have Ohio State literally at a 48.8% chance of of winning their next three games. And that doesn't even factor in the fact that they're, they're going to play a conference championship game after that if they do win those three. Um, and so they're vulnerable for sure. I mean, uh, I think that if you're just looking in general at this sport right now at, you know, Everyone's saying, well, a lot of people are saying that that we're on the path to get back to the four teams that we kind of thought would be in it, except for Clemson, that being Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I think that the easiest way to disprove that and to say that we're, we're going to have more chaos in November is just look at the remaining strength of schedule uh, that these top teams have. Um, you want to know teams that are in the top 10 and remaining strength of schedule? Uh, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State is as well, uh, as is Oklahoma, as is, I think, Alabama. Um, all the good teams are playing their hardest games right now at the end of this thing. Um, and so no one has a clear path, and and we'll dig into some numbers probably later in the show about kind of what the what the chaos is uh, that could remain. But I mean, all these teams have tests left here um, that are pretty major. Uh, So I think there's there, I expect, you know, at least two big upsets here um, from this group. That's kind of the top eight in the playoff rankings right now. Yeah. And again, that's not an overreaction. Like, we're not the people that you see saying, oh, Bama's trash this year. They're they're awful. No, they're an elite team. I think they deserve to be the number at least four team in the country. But it, it is pretty obvious that they're not the dominant Bama. And with that team specifically, and with Ohio State, really, 
I mean, a lot of it is that we just hold them to a higher standard than what they've been producing this year. But I still don't think either of those two are the most interesting teams going forward. I mean, Oklahoma coming off this bye week and heading into a big three-game stretch at Baylor, hosting Iowa State, and then at Oklahoma State in Bedlam, those are all losable games. I, I have a hard time believing they won't trip up in at least one of those. Um, 100%. So, and then obviously they have the Big 12 championship game against likely, well, pretty much one of those three teams uh, afterwards. So we'll see and, how that goes for Oklahoma. But if they win through that, then they're in, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, people need to remember, like, Oregon has one loss right now and Oklahoma has zero losses, and Oregon is three, and Oklahoma is eight. So um, I think a lot of people assume that a one-loss Oklahoma is in, uh, potentially, and and we'll see how the committee adjusts to this upcoming tick tick up in strength of schedule. But they're eight right now without a loss. So if they drop one of those games, which in all likelihood they will, um, in fact, I think, you know, it's... S&P Plus again has a 40% chance that Oklahoma loses two of their next of their final three games. Wow. And what's the what's the percent for winning out? Uh the percent for winning out I think is let me pull that up real quick. Um I mean it's got to be pretty low. Like yeah, it's it's so. yeah, it's like 20% chance. I think they have it more likely that they lose all three. Um or no, they have it more likely that they uh, lose two of three than that they went out interesting um and then for oregon obviously again looping it back to the ducks like i think i saw like 28 percent or something for winning all three of the remaining games we have on our schedule yeah um, 20 29 28.8 percent yeah and again a lot of a lot of fans might scoff at that and say that we're better than all three of these teams but i mean again that's not how this works right you don't get to just check teams off uh, if you're better than them if if you did then we wouldn't have lost to stanford um or we wouldn't have lost to again the ultimate comparison for this is arizona state in 2019 um who by the way the the more i watch of arizona state the more i'm glad that we don't have to play them obviously they haven't been amazing this year and especially recently but it seems like all their problems just come as self-inflicted and against Oregon for whatever reason, I just, I just have the feeling that they would batten down the hatches and tighten that stuff up, stuff up against us. Uh, but anyways, we, we don't need to get into the sun devils right now. Um, yeah, I think one more thing from the playoff rankings that we should probably touch on uh, just generally is, is the big kind of storyline was Michigan mm-hmm. state falling behind Michigan. Um yeah. And for me, one kind of interesting thing from that was I think a lot of Ducks fans looked at that like a really bad sign because they didn't respect head-to-head in that situation. Um, And I agree with that, you know, to, to a certain extent. But the interesting thing also was hearing what the committee members said about that. Uh, about that decision or what the president of it said. And he said, well, we just thought Michigan was the more complete team. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of is interesting to me because 
if they feel that way about Michigan, they could use that same logic for Ohio State right now, and they aren't doing that. Um, and so I think that shows that they people in that room do have some serious respect for Oregon. Uh, and honestly, Oregon's resume is a lot better than people think. I was listening to Cover 3 uh, the right after the rankings show, and, and Tom Fernelli was just talking about you know, the same thing head to head, Michigan State, Michigan, and how that's different different from Oregon, Ohio State. Uh, and I think it was Chip Patterson was like, um, I don't know, somehow they were like, Fernelli's like, well, what is Oregon's strength of schedule? How are, you know, how are they better than Ohio State? And Chip's like, it's, it's 22 or 24, yeah. I think maybe. Like it, Oregon's strength schedule is pretty good. Um, people don't realize that. And, I honestly don't know what goes into that. It, it surprises me even, but I think it's 24 right now, and the remaining strength of schedule is 22. Um, so the Ducks are going to have a good resume here. Like, whatever you say about the Pac-12 being down, according to the strength of schedule metrics, the Ducks are still having to go through a hard path, uh, in part because they play Fresno State and Ohio State in non-con. Um, and yeah, also, because I mean, Utah is pretty good, who they'll play I was twice. Say, yeah, even though Fresno dropped out, we get Utah coming back uh, as another ranked opponent. And actually, that probably serves Oregon better because, well, it serves Oregon better assuming they'll be able to win two matchups against Utah because um, you'd rather have, you know, two wins against a team that was ranked at one point in November than a team that you played in week one. Uh, and who dropped out of the rankings before Utah was ranked. Little minute things, I know, but um, still important to consider. Uh, also, unfortunately, like, I don't know, assuming we beat Wazoo, knock on wood, assuming we beat Utah, knock on wood, say we beat Utah in a close game in Rice-Eccles, right? Uh, theoretically, I mean, they really shouldn't be dropped. Like, their rankings shouldn't be dropped. Um, yeah. If anything, if you play the number three team in the country pretty well, then you should move up if you're 24 or so. Uh, I Are you going to assume that Utah drops out of the top 25 if they lose to us? And if so, do you think that opens up the door for Arizona State to the Rose Bowl? Um, I, think, I think it just so depends on what the game looks like. But um, I think anyone who looks at Utah right now uh, – objectively and kind of factors in what happened early in the season with the quarterback change realizes Utah's a good team. Um, and Josh Pate's, uh, latest JP poll, he had Utah at 19 in the country. I think that's about right. I think the Utes are the second team in this conference. That's legit. Um, and, uh, I think Arizona state on the right day is pretty good too, but obviously they've had some really head scratching performances, especially against Wazoo. Um, but the Utes are a legit team. I think that's a, I think that's like a, a good test for Oregon. Um, and something that they should have to face in order to make a playoff too. I think it's fair that they have to face one of those teams. Um, but yeah, I think the Utes are good. And I think that, back to your question about will they stay in the rankings i think with a close game yeah they should um it's it's sad because i think the whole thing holding them back is just the 
three in the loss column right now that could turn to four or five uh, in the two games they play Oregon. Uh, and at that point, yeah, that you know, if with five losses, it might be tough to stay in the top 25 in the final poll. Uh, but that's obviously forecasting ahead a lot. But it does matter for that Rose Bowl spot, like you said. I mean, there's an obligation for for the Rose Bowl to pick the highest-ranked team from the Pac-12 and the CFP in the case that Oregon does make a playoff. And so those fans uh, care a lot about that, obviously. Um, the last thing I kind of want to ask you about regarding playoff Um the team that's constantly sneaking under the radar until they're not uh, Notre Dame. I believe yeah. in your, in the projections you posted again on, on Twitter uh, regarding S and P plus that Notre Dame had a better shot of making the playoff than Oregon. Um, I mean, looking at schedules, better. they obviously have an easier schedule. Yeah. But do yeah. you think there's any shot Notre Dame makes the playoff? Just, just straight up. Yeah, so just to be just to be clear on the numbers that I posted, uh, S and P Plus is doing um, doing just record projections there. They're not factoring in like the subjective right, right. decision of the playoffs. So it so it has because Notre Dame's schedule isn't that hard. Um, it has them at a forty one point eight percent chance to win out the rest of the way, um, and so you know if they if and if they do that, they're a one loss team that that obviously that brand has a lot of sway. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I put this in at, at just the bottom of that thread and I don't know, you know, if people caught it exactly, but look, I, I think that we're pretty close to uh, this playoff being kind of turned upside down just in terms of um, who's going to make this thing, because I think that the door could open for two lost teams pretty soon. Uh, or a team like Notre Dame that really I don't think has much business being in a playoff. Uh, but at the same time, because of the record and the brand, they could be. Um, the fact of the matter is, like, a lot of these teams have hard games ahead of them. And it's a little bit of chaos uh, this weekend could completely turn things on its head. I mean, if Oklahoma goes down... Um, that would be big. Michigan State is in a pick'em right now with Penn State. Um, A and M is is the other dark horse team I think that has two losses right now. If if Bama loses, A and M's in the SEC championship game, yep. and they're gonna have a shot. Um, if they and if they beat Georgia, they'll have a pretty good case, honestly. Um, but here's the here's the thing that people aren't talking about in that scenario. What if A and M loses that game? to Georgia. And then the SEC loses any case for two teams really at that point. Yeah. Um and so who who gets in? I mean, I think that even uh I I again I I sprinkled this in the end of it and I think it's too early to talk about this stuff cuz cuz Oregon's just needs to focus on winning games. But you pull up 538 and their projections. I was, um, I was on the site right now, and I was about to share some of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you see what I posted at the bottom of that thread? No, I didn't make it all the way down. No. Yeah, so here's, so here's what I'm going to direct your attention to. And if you're following along at home, pull up the 538 playoff college football playoff projections. 
You see what Oregon has in the makes playoff column right now, 37% chance to make the playoff, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at the win out column on the far right, Oregon has a 23% chance to win out. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you? That 538 thinks that a two-loss Oregon team isn't dead in the playoff discussion. Um, that's I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I think it stuns a lot of people to hear that, probably. Uh, but you know, I mean, Oregon's three right now. They lose close to a good Utah team. Um, at away from home. Uh, and there's a lot of chaos elsewhere, and then you get to avenge that loss in the conference title game, at which point Utah will probably be ranked top 15 uh, if they had beaten Oregon to start. You know, it doesn't take that much chaos to get there. Um, I mean, Ohio State drops a game to Purdue this weekend. Oklahoma drops two, which has a... I mean, Oklahoma's chance, like I said... Yeah, 40% chance they drop to before the conference championship game. It's probably a toss-up that they that they lose two games, including that conference title game. So there just aren't a lot of teams here. I mean, I put in that thread, I put out the 11 that are in it. 11 is not that many teams as we get into November when your legs really start going and it's a grind every week and you play your rivalry games and all of that. Um and there's also a lot of playoff busters kind of hidden around here uh, that I think are kind of minefields in some of these conferences. Iowa State is a team that I think FBI has them as the sixth best team in the country right now. Um, Iowa State doesn't have a shot in hell at making a playoff, obviously, but Oklahoma's going to have to play them, and that's going to be a good game. Um, Wisconsin, 10th in FBI. You know, the, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, FPI isn't perfect, but it gives you an idea. Penn State, 13th. Penn State, again, no chance at making the playoff, but you know who Penn State plays? They play Michigan, and they play Michigan State. And in both those, it's a pick this week between Penn State and Michigan. Uh, and I think Penn State's probably going to be favored, potentially by four points or more, against Michigan State. Um, really? You know, depending on, on what happens. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's closer than that, but it, it's like, I think that Penn State, what you know, whatever it looks like, I think that that's a potential like that's going to be a serious game uh, and one that Penn State might be favored in. Um, yeah, man. Anyways, I mean, I think yeah. Every week it seems like people take for granted how much craziness happens uh, throughout mm-hmm. each Saturday. Um, so I'm here mm-hmm. for all of it. Uh, I said Notre Dame was the last team I was going to ask you about, but. Is Wake Forest totally eliminated from this equation? I know you took them out of your projections, but I mean, the more we talk about like potential two loss teams making it in, I can't help but think that a one loss ACC champ might uh, have a shot. Yeah, so I I took them out, um, and honestly, I one I did it because I don't think that people just have much respect for Wake Forest at all. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that also what we're seeing is like, look straight up. I think a two loss Oregon gets in over a one loss Wake Forest. I just, that's just how I feel about what the committee respects. Uh, it comes down to brands. Sometimes it comes down to big wins. I think Oregon would have, you know, they'd have to at least beat Utah once. 
which would be a good win, and they'd beat Ohio, have the Ohio State win there, and and even the UCLA wins, and more impressive than stuff that Wake Forest has done. Um, so that's that's one part of it, but then also just you project forward. Wake still has NC State. I think they still have Clemson. Um, they're, you know, I don't, I just don't think that they're going to win both those games. Uh, yeah. And so that's that's the other part of what why I dropped them out, just because I don't really think that they have they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way, anyways. That Clemson game is also in Death Valley, which, uh, as some Duck fans might know by now, uh, I think they have the longest home winning streak in the country at this point mm. uh, we snapped Ohio State's and they were like third Oregon's third now I'm pretty sure yeah Oregon's is building is the other one. yeah it's like Notre Dame Clemson and, and Oregon I think Clemson has number one actually yeah uh, they just even when they're bad like this year they they don't lose at home um, so yeah any uh, any other playoff topics you want to touch on or should we move on to a little more specific things uh no i think i think we pretty much did a did a good bit of playoff talk i think people probably got their fix sweet um so i kind of want to part you know move that into expectations for this team for weeks now we've been saying that our expectations are like still kind of not so sure about the playoff like for this team maybe dropping a, a another game is more than likely in the cards still um do you still feel that way? Is it still like, is this feeling like a Rose Bowl season? Uh, I don't know how much your answer may have changed in the last couple days. I'm tilting a little more towards playoff. Like every day that I wake up, I feel a little bit closer to it, but I know that's not the reality. So. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I still, I, I don't think I'm fully going to believe it until, uh, until after I see this trip to Utah, especially. Um, that feels like the game that absolutely everyone is circling as, as a big trip up trap game for Oregon. Um, I mean, you have a lot of national people are saying like Utah's the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, and saying that Oregon's just not capable of beating them twice. Uh, and look, that game's legitimately scary. Um, this whole thing's just starting to feel a lot like 2019 and and we all remember what happened that second to last weekend before the before um the end of the season in that year so i think uh yeah you know i think it's it still feels like a rose bowl year um probably but look man i also kind of i'm just trying to enjoy each week and and try to survive it and just kind of I don't know. I mean, I'm buying into some of what what is going on around this team, and it seems like there's a different level of dedication to that one and zero mentality this year than maybe even was present in 2019. Um, and mm-hmm. so, in that respect, I'm 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 just trying to take it week by week. You know, what about you? No, I'm in the same boat. Definitely, like college football is not a sport where uh, you necessarily need to do a lot of forethought when you're watching the games. Um, just kind of by design that's how the season works like just beat whoever's in front of you man uh and again the mentality this team has you talk about the one and no mantra and all that stuff like it's they're built for it um another question i want to pose in this same framework is like the ducks now have 
they started the season with four wins, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. The loss to Stanford, the bye week, and then four wins since that. Cal, UCLA, Colorado, UW. Mm-hmm. Which ver like, if you consider each of those four game, like those four week blocks of wins, right? on their mm-hmm. own which do you think is more impressive i understand that ohio state result was something else maybe that carries the entire answer for you here but it seems like we've been a little more consistent against uh consistently better teams than stony brook and arizona uh in the last three weeks so i'm curious to see if you think we're in a better place now after week 10 versus after the arizona game yeah, I think that um, I think for me, I still go towards that first four weeks uh, because, mm, well, I just the like you like you mentioned. I think the Ohio State win just just changes it so much for me. I, it kind of just tips the scales to that degree. Um, yeah. For, uh, that, that's mm-hmm. it's kind of as simple as that. That's a win I didn't really know if this team was capable of getting. Uh, it's kind of unparalleled in the program history to win against a team, a program at, like Ohio State on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to say there aren't a lot of other great wins, but that specific type of feat hasn't really happened. Um, and so, yeah, that 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 was the most impressive stuff. But I think. Playing consistently recently has been, uh, you know, good in its own right too, despite it not being maybe as convincing in some of those performances as we'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just curious. I found I find so many parallels between the team now after week ten and after week four. The yeah, ranking being one thing. I mean, we're number three again. That's just kind of ironic. Uh, right. The fact that we have a similar like. I mean, I want to say similar caliber of opponent, but Wazoo is definitely a little better than than Stanford is. We know that now. Um, but I don't know, man. Even even back then, I mean, when they had McKee, Stanford wasn't as terrible as they are now. So I yeah, no, I, I think Wazoo that. and the Wazoo Stanford game was really close too. It's like one of the yeah, closest Wazoo games. Yeah, Wazoo won the, that game clo- by like three third, points or something. Yeah, 34-31. That's one of the yeah. best games in the Pac-12 this year, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's, those are good points um, for sure, yeah. So we talk about this. Let's talk about this Wazoo team then. Um, they were one of the most disappointing Pac-12 teams through the first like three weeks or so. Yeah. Um, Losing to Utah State in their opener, which seemed a lot worse than I think it will end up being. Utah State might finish as a 10-2 and team. Um, they beat Portland State. Good job. Uh, and then they got demolished by USC uh, in Pullman in week three in the first Pac-12 game of the season. Or sorry, yeah, and to be, Pac-12 game of the season. To be fair, they did, I think, have a lead early in that game. And then Jackson Dart comes in and totally goes off. Um, that's the other thing too is it was dart it wasn't slovis i I don't know where you stand on the dart slovis scale but either way it's not great yeah 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 so the deal was with that game uh interestingly uh wazoo actually is up up 14-0 at the end of the court at sorry with uh with like five minutes left in the second quarter um or even less than that 
uh, USC basically scores to make it seven to fourteen late in that in that first half. But anyways, um, question on on Slovis and uh, and Dart. I think you play Dart right now. Yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. a tangent, but I but I think Dart is is the better player long term. Helps your long term outlook more. But I don't know. It's so weird because none of the coaching staff at USC is even going to be there in a few weeks. So, yeah, yeah. What do you, yeah? What do you think? Um, I mean, this Wazoo team is just again going through their schedule. Like they lose to Utah by two scores the next week. I mean, they they beat Cal convincingly in one of the worst games I've ever watched. Uh, they get an impressive win at the time over Oregon State. Like, that was a good result. And then we mentioned that close Stanford game. Then they fire Leach. Or, sorry, Jesus. Rolo, not Leach. Um, <laughs> after the Stanford win, at that point, they had won three games in a row. Uh, their last two games, they had totaled 31 and 34 against, you know, a decent defense in Oregon State. And again, they won a shootout against Stanford. Um, so they had a little bit of momentum going. You know, what started as a 1-3 and three season is now looking like 4-3. and three. Like, maybe this team was a dark horse Pac-12 North contender. They lose close next week against BYU in their first game with the NRM. And then I yeah. think the the result that has surprised a lot of people and that's generated a lot of continued talk about Wazoo as a dark horse is just beating the brakes off Arizona State in Tempe two weeks ago mm-hmm. um, before their bye week last week. Uh I don't we we definitely discussed it a little bit on the pod. I don't remember how much of this game you watched. Um, again, Arizona State just shot themselves in the foot quite a bit, but it looked like Wazoo was very motivated for this game and uh, rightfully so, you know. Yeah, it was a shocker for sure. Um, I think we all expected kind of a fallout and them to just be kind of dead man walking after a lot of the coaching staff gets cleaned out there. Uh and that hasn't been the case. This is a this is a pretty good Wazoo team, um, and it's also important to note, like uh, in that game versus Utah, Garantano's playing, not Delora, mm-hmm. which is a big step down. Um, but yeah, in general, I think you know for Ducks fans, if you're just looking at this game generally, you want to know what to expect. Uh, this Wazoo team's very comparable to their 2019 team in a lot of ways. Um, this whole matchup feels a lot like 2019 did to me as well. Uh, and for those that don't remember that game, I mean, you have Anthony Gordon, I think is that quarterback, um, and ducks win 37, 35 last second Camden field goal. Uh, it's super similar in a ton of ways. It's the same. It's the week before we head to Arizona state in 2019. Now we're going to Utah both at home. Um, and I remember early in that day, Oklahoma, Oklahoma suffered a loss. It was a night game versus Wazoo. Um, anyways, tons of parallels there and, and ducks were at a similar place in the playoff race. Kind of, I guess they're a little farther back then, but, but we're still pushing. Um, and just in general, like Wazoo has been kind of the, the benchmark for this team's success or failure in the last few years. Um, yeah. What is it? Don't they have? four wins against us in their last six um it was just really yeah 
it's a team you feel like you should always beat, at least growing up in an era where Wazoo was like the worst team in the conference <laughs> alongside UW. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It just seems like a game you should always win. And then when they play us close or even beat us, it just feels like even more of a failure. Um, and there, there have been some pretty brutal losses to Wazoo as well. Like a couple up at their place. Obviously, we beat them last year, but I think back to uh what 2016 maybe maybe it was 17 where we wore gray at home and lost in like triple overtime um yeah lewis and clark results against this team and it's funny because in professional sports and when you look at things from a betting perspective like past results have very little like to do with what will happen in the next game right i mean it's a different team different players like that stuff really shouldn't matter for some reason in college it feels like it matters more do you know what i'm talking about like yeah it feels like those past results or trends for some reason they have like a little bit of a different bite in college yeah yeah no it, it's pretty interesting um i mean people still hold on to yeah all those things you know and now it's now it's that oregon has a wazoo problem despite the <laughs> fact you know in the in time in this time span i mean oregon's gone from Helfrich to tagger to cristobal uh and likewise at wazoo they've gone from leech to rollo and now he's fired you know but but still it feels like there's some voodoo there and and just a way that these two teams prepare um i mean in general i think this stuff is true of oregon because now we're the team with the biggest targets on our back in the conference uh and so of course other teams get get up for this game um, I also think that just with Wazoo, you know, their nature of their scheme is uh, it's built to kind of level a talent disadvantage. They mm-hmm. especially get the ball out quickly um, out of Dolores' hands, and, and he's another gunslinger. I mean, they're on a crazy run of good quarterbacks and Pullman, uh, and he's another pretty good one. And, and um, yeah, when you throw those quick passes, I mean, it, it what it stops is is someone like Kayvon Thibodeau coming in and wrecking shop. Um, even he can't can't get to the quarterback in in a half second or something. Uh, he needs some time to get there. And so, um, yeah, you know, it, I mean, for me, I think, like, just in terms of results of this game, or, or expectations, I should say, um, we mentioned this on the pod on, on Sunday, but it was – we were a little surprised about the early line being 16. It's moved down to 14 for Oregon. Um, my mentality is is just survive, man. I know people want to want blowouts, they want style points and all of that. But look, I mean, let's just remember what 2019 was like. Um, that was one of the games I got to go to at Autzen, uh, and I remember when they scored that last second touchdown. It was like we just lost like what's going to happen here. And, and especially luckily Camden's been a lot better this year, but we all remember, you know, even that last second field call. I think you said 2018, (laughs) but you meant 2019. Yeah. 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 yeah, Sorry. 2019 Um, was even that last field goal. We weren't, we didn't have a lot of confidence when that ball was snapped either. We were hopeful, but um, Mm yeah, Anyways, just I remember how stressful that was, and in college football in general, how quickly that game that you that you want to win by twenty turns into like 
you know, you're chewing off your fingernails and that the whole playoff hopes and all of that are about to die. Um, there's a, I mean, this lineup we'll get into later in the episode. It's a good weekend. Uh, a lot of sneaky games in there for upsets and that stuff. Someone's going to be the headline out of this weekend. And I think for Oregon, it's like, let's just hope it's not us, uh, and putting, put the focus on them to make sure it's not us. And I think, um, the nice thing is that I feel like this team just has a different level of confidence this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's after the Ohio State game, or 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 maybe it's just the Chris Wall pro, pro process uh, seeping in more. But it's like I think they feel like we don't need to dedicate extra time to. We don't need to look ahead to Utah uh, if we stick to our thing and and we game plan and do our process and stick to what we do in a week's time to prep for a game and we do that right, people can't beat us, especially in this conference. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that come out and, and you get a good performance against Wazoo because, like I said, it you just never know when these games can turn. Exactly. So you already identified, like, quick passing is still one of their big strengths. Um, it is worth mentioning that uh, something Hithleday pointed out in his film review and that a lot of people have latched onto. Mm-hmm is that Oregon has an insane uh, success rate rushing the ball in the last four weeks. Um, I believe it's 75% success rate, which, I mean, for comparison, like a standard, like 55% is good. Like winning 55% of your snaps is is good. Uh, 75% over an entire season is like unprecedented. I mean, you would have to be like playing, that's like an SEC team playing like bad teams every week. That That's kind of the equivalent of what 75% would be. So for the yeah. last four weeks, we've done that. And again, I think this is where we can kind of win this game. Uh, Wazoo doesn't have the best run defense um, by the numbers. And then obviously they, they won't have the bodies that even a team like UCLA has, uh, or even UW for that matter, um, along their defensive front. So is I'm assuming that's also your biggest area of like uh, – you know, the biggest advantage that we have over this team, but maybe what are some other ones that we might be able to exploit? Yeah. In in general, I think, um, it's just about not digging yourself a hole because this, this Wazoo team can just be infuriating to defend. Uh, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned with the quick passes and, and despite not having a lot of five-star talent and stuff on this team, you know, they have, uh, you know, Calvin Jackson, Travell Harris, these are guys who are really capable, uh, capable pass catchers. And then Borgie obviously is a star for them as a running back, um, who's giving a little more carries, especially in this offense. And, um, and McIntosh is pretty good next to him, but, uh, yeah. So, so for me, I think, um, you know, you look at what I'm worried about. It's just the defense in general, despite it being good, the quick passes are, are tough. And so the strengths, uh, I don't know, maybe not that I'm depending on, but that I'm hoping for is this offense got, has got to execute. Um, no, can't, can't throw that pick six that we did to start against UW. Uh, cause we're not going to shut down Wazoo like we did that UW offense. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, it's it's pound the ball. Uh I think you can I think you can do anything on offense like 
Wazoo isn't elite and at any level exactly. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, they they do turn the ball over well. That so you got to hang on to it. Uh, that's something that they put a lot of emphasis on. But like, if you execute the Moorhead offense in this game, I don't think there is a reason that Oregon can't hit forty. Um, can't do yeah. a lot of the similar things that we did against Colorado. Uh, I think yeah, that's the hope that's for me is is that it is that it looks a lot like the Colorado did game did on offense, and then if you do that, it doesn't matter if Wazoo gets there twenty eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which this is definitely a more capable offense talking about Wazoo's than Colorado's was. Uh, right, right. From when they came right. in. Um, no, I'm just yeah, I'm more talking about offense versus defense, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just, again, you said it earlier before we started talking about this game. If the Ducks execute like they know they can, they can beat anybody in this conference uh, at their best, too. So Mm -hmm. I don't think it's any different here. We did get some injury updates that are pretty important, especially concerning the secondary. Uh, Mario today said maybe Bennett Williams comes back at some point in the postseason. Um, obviously that's a little while down the road but something to keep an eye on uh steve stevens um still kind of status unknown at this point uh but justin flo out for the season that's not secondary but it's still along the defense um that was just kind of reconfirmed but maybe drew mathis is another guy he we might get back towards the end of the year jackson leduc might not get many snaps but uh he's definitely like somebody who could get in a game like this um he's probably more like questionable this week and better next week but uh oh, and then along that... the d line they uh, said i didn't catch that he said he said leduc could be back this week he said uh if he had to list him he'd be questionable this week but for next wow. week he'd be a full go so. that's important man that is important yeah. like leduc leduc had some kind of subtle buzz in this thing in this for this team um and suffer that early injury but that is valuable man because i mean honestly yeah i mean boss has been really good but like brown is is still learning the ropes we've talked about nate hukalani like having having a guy like leduc who's a capable inside backer isn't it would be really nice for depth uh, as would a mathis yeah yeah, I mean, people might be thinking to themselves, oh, we have Basso, we don't need him. Well, <laughs> you want to be able to rotate guys. Uh, <laughs> like, Jeff Basso's been great, yeah, but you don't want him taking the most snaps on your defense um, week in and week out. So, again, it would be really nice just to be able to rotate bodies. Uh, another guy yeah. who would be rotating in and out is Keon Ware-Hudson, um, who I don't know if he had any... Uh, I think he had one snap last week. I don't. I don't remember exactly yeah. what we said from PFF, but he yeah, was no, limited. I. Yeah, yeah, I saw him on the. Um, I saw him on the first drive for UW, like right when they got the ball in inside the five, or the mm-hmm. seven, or whatever it was, and then he was out there on the PAT after. I'm pretty sure, and I don't think I saw him for the rest of the game. Um, that I that I noticed, but what did what was his status for Mario? Um. He should be a full go, so that that'll help along the oh, defense that's line great. as well. Um, that's and again, great. even even when like 
of course, UW's like kind of game plan is to get to, uh, well, stay stay in front of the sticks really, um, and get a first down and two passes. But uh, even third and short, like those are crucial for that running game. Again, Borgie's a great back. Their backup, whose name I can't quite remember, but their backup Macintosh, Deion Macintosh. Yeah, he's also really good. Um, mm-hmm. So those are really important in short yardage situations. And shoot, if we do get them into third and long, like then the pass rush does become a factor. Um, and though, obviously, <laughs> we know how important that can be, uh, as we saw last mm-hmm. week. So, again, the defensive line is a huge reason why we were able to win last week. Uh, maybe the most dominant um, defensive performance of the season, top to bottom. And it all starts right there. So, if we can dominate the line of scrimmage against this team on both sides for the entire game like we did against Washington, I don't feel that scared again though it is the sort of game that comes down to skill position guys and real quick while we're talking about injuries one more skill position guy i want to mention um is our one of our favorite guys sean dollars um who actually might be able to come back later this season um the quote from mario was i think sean is going to be available at some point this year could be at the end could be postseason <laughs> Oh, excuse me. <laughs> damn. I was trying to get that sentence out. Uh, God damn. So, yeah, man. Shoot. Maybe we get, uh, like, our, our second favorite player back, Sean Dollars. Yeah, gotta, you got to love Sean Dollars. I, I mean, everyone was excited to see him going into this year. It was super sad that he was hurt. But getting him back would be awesome. Obviously, you love what Cardwell's done. But, uh Dollars could figure into this offense and, and be a valuable piece as well, for sure. Definitely. Um, so overall, you got anything else to say about Wazoo? You want to do like a quick score prediction or something like that? The fighting Jake Dickerts? Yeah. Um, for me, for score prediction, uh, I'll probably go 38-28. Uh, I'm not sure what the over-under on this is. I know the line's 14 uh if you see that anywhere but um i think uh yeah you know i mean but but honestly like if if we get out and we survive i'm happy with it um we as we talked about in the playoffs earlier like i'm just not worried about style points that much uh i threw out you know what happens with a two loss oregon and there's like a a prayer chaos scenario where i think that oregon could get back into it if the stars completely align but overall, it's kind of like, hey, you got to win out to get into the playoffs, and um, and but at yeah. the same token, it doesn't really matter if you win close. Uh, I think there's enough room there. With Bama, you know, Bama's probably going to lose one, if not before, to Georgia, and then you're ahead of Ohio State. You know, we've been through it, but but it, it just doesn't matter to me if Oregon wins by twenty, uh, as much as it matters just that we get the win. You know, maybe that's obvious, but. Yeah, uh, total for this game is 56 and a half. So with a 14 point spread, that's uh, what, like. Uh, What'd you say total was? 56 and a half. Uh, yeah, so that would be well. 30 to uh, 30 to 17, 30 18, or 30 16. No, what? no, that'd be 46. It's gonna be mm, like thirty-four yeah. to 
No, yeah, that's yeah. too many. I don't know, man. The, this game, <laughs> I can't count. I can't do math. No, um, no, 34-30. Th- that, 35-21. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> Jesus. Good God, that took us too long. Um, 35-21 I don't know man I think we can score I think we can score thirty more than 35 against this team obviously 35-21 of course it's going to sound right uh, because that's what the that's what Vegas predicts but I mean I don't know man I I think we can put another 50 piece on this team if we could do it against Colorado I don't see why we can't do it against Wazoo Um, yeah maybe we want to slow the game down and take the ball out of their hands or whatever but Honestly, I'm thinking more like a 48 to 30 in this game. Sign me up, man. That's my prediction. Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, All right, anything else with this game, or do you want to move on to some Pac-12 picks? No, I think we got it. Yeah, let's move on to Pac-12 picks. God, dude, our our picks are so bad, man. Um, should, Should we review last week, or should we just trudge on? Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Oh, we whoa. do have to go back to, uh, we do have to go back to the Wazoo game. Okay, um, the big, the big thing we didn't talk about is the implications for the North in this game. Right. If, or- right. if Oregon loses, we could not make the conference title game pretty yeah. easily. Uh, as in, if Oregon loses, Wazoo controls their own destiny and they play Arizona at home. So I'm gonna call that a gonna call that a win probably uh, for the Cougs, and then they have the Apple Cup, uh, and we watched, yeah, we watched. I mean, you know, Apple Cup they haven't had any success in recently, obviously, but I mean, we know what the deal is with this Washington team. Uh, anyways, that's like a sneaky thing. Like if Oregon loses this game, all of a sudden it's. Like, it's looking like a holiday bowl year. Well, uh, well, th- here's the other thing though. Like, does Oregon still get a get a New Year's Six bowl berth? Maybe. Uh, I don't really, I don't really care to dive into it too much. Like, yeah, I think ten win Oregon. That that's like a New Year's borderline New Year's Six team. I don't know. I still think we'd be yeah. the Alamo Bowl personally. Yeah, but. as long as but then you have to beat Utah the next week. <laughs> Yo, Anyways, what if, what, hold on real quick. <laughs> what if uh oh never mind fuck never mind i was thinking about the ranking thing making the rose bowl but if one of the winner in in the case of wazoo winning the north uh and even if we're the highest ranked team the winner of the the pac-12 title game would still get in because that yeah. that scenario only applies when we're in the playoffs so yeah never mind um anyways though like if oregon loses this game all of a sudden it turns into hoping and praying that Washington wins the Apple Cup. Yeah, this is... and the, Oh, I, I did have a point about this too, actually. Uh, in that vein, it, it low-key is more of an important game than the Civil War, technically speaking. Uh, yeah. Just, I, think that's, I, think, I, think, I think that's actually a good point. This Wazoo game has kind of turned into what we thought the Civil War would be. A couple yes, weeks exactly. ago. Um, I'll also just say, like, 
if you're, I mean, this I this is kind of uh, hypocritical given that I'm on the other side of the country. But if you're in <laughs> Eugene or in Oregon and like can go to these games, go, Wait. man. Like they, <laughs> we're trying to get to a playoff. You know, like Oregon's been to two, uh, they, or a national title and a playoff. Like we've had our our national title hopes alive twice after a regular season in program history. Mm-hmm. So. We got two home games left. Like, go be loud. Like, this is a, special a big time to enjoy Austin. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, who knows when you're back here? Yes, future's bright and all of that. But like, this is an opportunity. Enjoy it. I'm coming back to town for Thanksgiving, and we'll be at the Civil War game. Yeah. Um, excited for that. Uh, but yeah, man. Exactly. Like, that's just another thing. Like, this is big. These moments are big. Like, don't don't take this for granted. Um, and you know, go another week high in the rankings. I mean, even if Oregon doesn't make the playoffs too, like uh, just having being in the, you know, with all everything that the playoff is and how much it's marketed. And yes, there's problems with that and all those things, but like, you know who it helps the teams who are in that four team logo that gets put out and Mm -hmm. blasted over social media every Tuesday uh like and so when your logo's in there it helps subconsciously or whatever like every recruit that oregon's talking to right now pulls up twitter or instagram and sees a graphic and oregon's one of the four logos that says college football four logos that matter and oregon's one of them basically like uh and so every week that that extends is uh, good i have a very like old man yells at tree thing about this I don't know when it was decided that like Oregon's logo, whenever it was display displayed on ESPN would be like a white background and just the plain green O, but can we like change that? Can we get some yellow in there to spice it up a little bit? Like I miss when it was green background, yellow O it popped out more. It looked more authentic. It just looked more like Oregon. This one is kind of like bland. I don't know. It's a very, yeah, very I, small level bickering there. I think you're, I think, if you're just going i mean it has to be the o obviously i hate the i i personally don't like the new duck very much um it's the, like duck logo you know i liked it better when we used old donald as like our secondary logo yeah um it's fine but but anyways the o is iconic it has to be what we use um yeah. but in terms of color format i think you're 100 percent right green background yellow o is the way to like go it. yeah yeah who makes those um, decisions, I wonder? I, I was just wondering that. Yeah, probably just the AD or whatever, but it's something that doesn't seem like a big deal, but probably is a little bit bigger deal to people who aren't as dialed in. I don't know. Yeah. Like it just looks more appealing that way. Whatever. Um, all right, let's get to some Pac-12 picks. We got a, we got a really interesting slate this weekend. Uh, one that does not include USC Cal, because as you probably already know, uh, Cal was not able to field a team. And while maybe one or two players are unvaccinated, and I haven't actually heard anything about people having COVID, uh, they had a couple positive tests. We know those can be false positives. Um, essentially, what this boils down to is that because of contract trace, contact tracing and things like that being way more strict and severe punishment-wise in the city of Berkeley than pretty much anywhere else, uh, Cal can't play even though yeah. it might not be that big of a risk. So either way, we're not like anti-vaxxers or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Cal's getting screwed a little bit in this deal. 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I don't know what the specifics are of it, so I won't like di- dive into it too much. Um, but regardless, it's it's a bummer, and obviously, it's the only game in FBS that's been canceled because of COVID this year. So, yeah, yeah. I, it well, I guess technically it's postponed uh, for December fourth. I think right, um, which is so. funny because like, uh, not I think both these teams are mathematically eliminated. Yeah, they both are anyways from division title contention. Uh, but how Pac-12 would it be for something like that to happen and then, like, one of them actually somehow makes the Pac-12 title game? I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so for the remaining games that actually will be played on Saturday, uh, where do you want to start here? I'll let you have first dibs on this board. Okay, I'm gonna go to. Hmm, let's go to Stanford, Oregon State. I'm interested in that one. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It seems like McKee's still gonna be out though, which makes me a little less interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oregon State did lose to Colorado last week. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Beavs back at home. And a half points. It's kind of a lot for Oregon State. Uh, this one's at home. 230 yeah. Pac-12 network. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Beavs because I think, one, it's at home. Uh, I think Stanford blew away my expectations of how incompetent they or any football team could look last week without McKee against Utah. Uh, and... Man, this is this is the Beavs' big chance to be bowl eligible. Arizona State and Oregon after this, like Beavs, got to get it done. It would be a real shame for me if they didn't end bowl eligible after everything, after how successful this season has been in large part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pulling for the Beavs this weekend, and uh, I'll take him to to cover that twelve and a half. I agree with everything you just said, and I will also take them to cover twelve and a half. But I'm going to say this, Reed. I don't feel good about it whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Let um, me I just want to say one other thing though. On on spreads in general, people need to realize spreads are created so that it's it's 50-50 to pick them more yes. or less. So I mean, people just people do all people say all these Pac-12 fans, "Oh, it's it's basically a loss to not cover the spread against Colorado," they said after he played them. It's like no, it, that's just not how spreads work. <laughs> if the spreads factor all that in yeah. and still make it even. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do uh, Colorado at UCLA next. This one I think is my most interesting game of the week. I don't know. There's a lot of really – I think every matchup this week is worth watching. Uh, maybe not Utah at Arizona, but – Let's do Colorado at UCLA. UCLA are 17-point home favorites against the Buffaloes, who are now 3-6 and six after starting 1-6 and six, uh, with a pretty impressive win over a good, well, what was perceived to be a good Oregon State team. Um, the conclusion that us and many other podcasts have come to at this rate is that every team in the Pac-12 actually just sucks, and uh, we don't know who's good ever. So how are you feeling about this one? UCLA. Um, I it feels like Colorado has turned some sort of weird corner here, um, and 
for that reason, I'm just I I think 17's maybe too much. Uh, and UCLA I think is having real problems, and Chip could be out there after this year even. So. Even though I think UCLA was pretty good earlier in the year, I feel like they've been kind of derailed by that Oregon loss. I felt like they got up for it, and that was kind of Chip's last stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess since they, they just kind of were pretty defeated against Utah with Garbers playing. Then they had a bye, and now Colorado. I don't know. I think I think UCLA just might not be taking it that seriously, and it could be a little closer. But I think UCLA still wins, but I'll take Colorado cover 17. The buy is what makes me go UCLA on this one, but again, UCLA against a double-digit spread is kind of bad news this season. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's all I really say about that. Uh, oh God, I have UCLA and Oregon State both covering double-digit spreads so far. All right, off to a raging start. Um, let's go down south before the uh, UW game. Utah at Arizona. Utah's a 24-point favorite. Arizona got their first win of the year against Cal's like JV team last week. Uh, are Utah just going to continue rolling, Reed? Or maybe they trip up a little bit and only win this one by like 21? Uh, I think Utah still keeps rolling. I think, uh, as we talked about, there's a there's a like uh, sub-storyline is the race for the second highest ranked team in the conference in the case that Oregon does make a playoff. And those teams are all in need of style points, Utah in particular now getting ranked. So I think that they're going to want to put them on it, just put it on them just like they did against Stanford last week. I think they'll cover 24. All right. All right. For no reason whatsoever, I'm going to take Arizona plus 24. Mm. It's a spread. I can flip a coin if I want to. I still um, so Arizona avoided going 0 and 12. Finally, do you know has any other team gone 0 and 12 in the Pac 12? Oh, geez, you know I actually it's funny you ask that because uh, I was actually celebrating on on Sunday last week, um, and it wasn't just because Oregon <laughs> defeated Washington. Um, Reed, do you know what holiday it was last Sunday? Uh, I what? What's the name of it? I I know what you're referencing. I believe it's Ty Willingham Day last time, <laughs> <laughs> marking the annual um team that does not go zero and twelve in in the Pac twelve. Uh, you're right. This year Arizona had a shot, and quite honestly, they they looked destined for it. Um, but yeah, UW two thousand eight will remain the only Pac ten or twelve team to ever go totally defeated the opposite of undefeated of course (laughs) um so yeah good point thank you for bringing that up i almost forgot to mention that um all right what else we got what what was i just mentioning uh arizona state washington yeah yeah um (laughs) this is a tough one uh four o'clock saturday on fs1 Washington maybe does something without Jimmy Lake and Don jo- Don Jonathan John Donovan. Um, are either of those things? I think it's safe to say John Donovan being gone is a good sign for that team. Like they can hopefully show improvement because of that. Is Lake being gone in this instance actually good for them? 
No, Lake being gone is bad for them, in my mind. Um, yeah. He he knows how to call a defense. Uh, I Yeah, he knows how to call a defense. Their defense will be worse because Lake is gone, I think. Now that said, John Donovan <laughs> offsets that with how absolutely horrible offensively he is. <laughs> But at the same time, they like don't have that much time to prep a new game plan. I I I think that ASU covers five and a half um, with everything going on at Washington. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I here's the thing: is I was trying to do the thing where I think about what this spread would be if I didn't know it already. And honestly, like I was thinking ASU by like three or so. So in really? that vein, if we use Dude, the I would have said Charlie ASU by like 10. Head model. Oh, really? Yeah, but uh I don't know, man. Again, they they constantly shoot themselves in the foot. And like I do think they're a better team than their record indicates or at least that their results indicate, but I think I'm going to pick you dub. I think I'm going to pick you dub. Plus 5 and a half. It's at home. Weather will probably be shitty again. Um and yeah. this just kind of looks like Herm Edwards' last. You talk about Chip Kelly's last stand. This might be Herm Edwards' last stand. Um, so yeah. for those for those rooting against a uh, a Washington bowl game, this is a big game to follow. Uh, very, they're very at four and five. They got ASU at home, then road against Colorado, and then Apple Cup at home. So uh, no bowl game is on the table, and this this loss would go a long way towards it. Yeah, man, we really need some help with our picks too. Uh, you're you're twelve and nineteen on the year. I'm ten and twenty one. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna flip all four of my picks right now because I've used the same logic for the last few weeks and it has been terrible. So I'm gonna flip all four of these picks. Okay, so what are your na- what are your new picks for the listeners? Utah, Arizona State. Uh, Colorado and Stanford. So we have the same now, except for Stanford. Okay. Yeah. I, I, right I'm on. Done trying to, I'm done trying to use logic to pick these games in any sort. Uh, I so thought yeah, about see what happens there. I thought about maybe switching it up, like in the future, but um. We'll see if we want to, but like, what if we just opened up the board to start the week and we just went back and forth and like, I had to pick the side of one game and then that just Mm. assigns you the side of the opposite of it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Maybe we should do that next week when we stop like trying. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I already stopped trying. I (laughs) fucked with all my picks, but. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good idea. I'd be interested to do that. Um, we'd probably end up with a better record than we have already. So can't be that dangerous. One of us would. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. All right, man. Um, let's go around the nation here. We mentioned, we've teased a couple times now that there are a lot of decent games this weekend. Uh, who is on Fraud Watch or even just Upset Watch, even if they're not frauds? Because I think every team is pretty uh, much on Fraud Watch at this point. Yeah, everyone's on Fraud Watch. 
Man, it's a good weekend uh, all around. Um, starts in the morning, wake up, 9 a.m. For, for the West Coasters. Michigan-Penn State is a close, going to be a close game. I think Penn State was favored to start, move past to pick them. Now it's Michigan minus one and a half, I see. That's going to be a serious game. Penn State's good. Um, played played Ohio State tough, as we know. Yes, they lost to Illinois, but they're good. Uh, for people who think Auburn's good, Penn State won that game pretty handily. Mm-hmm. Um, I got another one in that in that 9 a.m. slot. Oklahoma yes. at Baylor. Number eight, yes. Oklahoma. Number 13, Baylor, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. on Big Fox. That'll, that's big noon kickoff. Um, so check that one out. Uh, maybe if those two don't pan out to be competitive games, maybe oh. you look at... Oh. One thing, one thing I want to do uh, too is get back to kind of the Oregon theme of this with the national stuff. Is like again, who should we be rooting for in these games? Yes, Penn State and Baylor, obviously. Yes, if you're Ducks yes. fans, if, if you weren't, yeah, yeah. Um, another one to maybe look at is like, can Northwestern upset Wisconsin? That would be a very like college football-y result. Um, that that'll be on ESPN two at the nine a.m. slot. Um, yeah, and and that's much... that, that's relevant because the Big Ten West is a total mess right now, and whoever plays that yes. team is going to get a one shot chance, and the whoever gets the West is going to have a one off chance in the Big Ten championship to cause chaos against whoever makes it out of that Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan trio in the East. There um, are four teams out of seven tied for the lead in the Big Ten West right now, mm-hmm. four and two records. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Bro, watch Illinois uh win the Big Ten West. That'd be fun. Uh I don't is that even possible? I probably not, but that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Illinois household. Reese Reese is apparently an Illinois alumni or or legacy or whatever. So my uh my roommate's in uh an Illinois oh, nice. maybe a legacy or he's from Illinois, so nice. Yeah, man, it's a it's a cool program. They've been doing good this year for their standards, at least. Um, hopefully, they scrape out a bowl game with wins against Iowa and Northwestern. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Anyways, enough Illinois talk. Uh, they don't even play this weekend. They have a bye week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move to some midday games. Uh, Two o'clock on Pac-12. We mentioned Utah at Arizona. Obviously worthwhile just to get a look at Utah. Um, see how they perform. Um, Purdue at Ohio State is the big one at 3.30 on ABC. That's number 19 Purdue after those two top five wins over Iowa and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Do you see any problem here for the Buckeyes? Yeah, the spoiler makers, baby. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not picking them, but look, man, I, <laughs> I, I don't think you can trust the Buckeyes too much. They've All the good teams they've played, like, Basically, anyone with a pulse that they've played, they've struggled against, at least somewhat. Um, look, Ohio State's still good, and, and you can say that about a lot of teams. Um, I don't know who who with a pulse Oregon's blown out either, but I'm just saying, you know, people... I bring that up because people put Ohio State on different tiers sometimes where they say that they're Georgia or something, or, or even that they're what Ohio State was last year or in years past. Um and just in general, this is this is just a year where there's a bit more parity, and Ohio State's been 
has shown that the past two weeks with scares against Penn State and Nebraska that were very close games, closer than, well, the final scores were pretty close, but they were very close, you know, and, and were real threats to the Buckeyes. So I expect uh, Purdue to keep it close potentially as well. Um, 23 and a half point spread to the Buckeyes there. We'll see. We'll see what goes down. Um, some other interesting games. I mean, maybe Miami, Florida state, if you're looking for like a nice rivalry, no. something with a lot of energy, you know, better, there are better games. It's, well, I mean, it's just a football game, man. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fair, fair. The one team we have not talked about as being on upset watch that very well could be is the number one team this week. Georgia plays at Tennessee. Yes. Now, this doesn't sound like a. I mean, it seems like we've seen this movie before this year with Georgia, but this Tennessee team poses a different kind of threat than like a Kentucky did, for instance, um, or that Auburn did, or anything like that. Tennessee's a legit team, and they have a legit offense. They're they're running like some hyperspeed type offense. I think I was watching uh, Thinking Out Loud this week with uh, Spencer Hall and Richard Johnson, and they were doing like the thing that teams used to do with Oregon, where they like count seconds between snaps and consistently mm-hmm. Tennessee was getting like 12 or 13 seconds which is just an insanely mm-hmm. fast clip um so maybe they can dent Georgia at some point I don't think Georgia will have Adam Anderson uh he's still suspended or whatever because of the assault case um so yeah maybe I mean obviously one to keep an eye on at least for a quarter or a half or something no uh, I'll, I'll that's that's the game I'm my I'm going to be glued to that game in that midday window um, because whatever it is, you know, Tennessee is probably the best offense Georgia's faced this year. Um, yeah. Maybe you could argue days. Florida, but Tennessee's legit uh, on offense at least. And so you just didn't say Florida. No. Well, I did, for best offenses they faced. I mean, the the list isn't that good the anyways. To put up like, not even 20 points against South Carolina. Okay. Well, regardless. <laughs> I don't know why I'm arguing. <laughs> Tennessee is a good offense. Um, <laughs> fine. They're, they're the best offense. We'll just go with that. <laughs> it proves my point even better. Um, so, look, uh, l- let's just see what exactly Georgia can do against them. Yes, this defense is really good, but it's a scale. How good is Georgia's defense? Uh and what success could a team like Oregon or whoever else pose against them in a playoff? Uh, we'll learn a lot based on whether Tennessee puts up three points or they put up 17 points or they get into the 20s. That will tell us a lot about how potentially vulnerable Georgia could be on the right day if things align or if they're just a complete juggernaut that can't be touched. Yep, exactly. Um, that of course is in the three thirty window on CBS. Uh, so it's their like game of the week. Um, any other three thirty games you're looking at? Maybe, maybe that Iowa game. Uh, we just talked about the big 10 West. Maybe they, uh, make some noise there. Uh, that any pulse for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it, but I'm probably going to have my, I'm going to be really focused on Georgia and Ohio state, but, but if those games go down, you know, drift away, I'll pull up Minnesota, Iowa. Hey man, Maryland, Maryland, Michigan state, like 
Michigan State's been a good story. I've argued for them to be ranked highly because what they've done has been impressive. But again, that's based on resume. That's not based on their forward projection. And they're because of, you know, this was a what, four, five win, win total team going into the year. Like mm-hmm. they can lose to Maryland this week based on talent. Um, and that would be an interesting shakeup in the playoff scenario, yeah. too. Yeah. Stanford at OSU has that in-between slot, 5.30 on Pac-12 Network. Uh, I would encourage you to watch that. I know it's shitty football, but just, you know, give it a shot. Support your region or whatever. Support your conference. This is how we help it grow. Uh, I don't know. I I won't launch into a speech about it, but um, 7 o'clock on ESPN. We got number 11, Texas A&M at number 15, Ole Miss. I think this is A&M's biggest test for the rest of this regular season. So, again, we were talking about about that potential for them to leap Bama if Bama slips up against Arkansas or Auburn. Um, uh, A&M's remaining games are this game at Ole Miss, and then they play Cupcake, and then they play at LSU. So no easy games by any stretch, but uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. And at the very least, again, it's like, you know, it's a football game. It's a quality football game between two ranked opponents. Um, yep. Uh, else in the, the seven slot ASU last is also at that time. Yeah, last big ones taking you out of here are, are Notre Dame on upset watch versus Virginia five and a half yep. point line. That's one of Notre Dame's last big tests. Uh, Wake Forest a favored. Good team. Yeah, favored by one and a half versus NC State. Huge test for them. TCU fresh off the upset against Baylor. Now that now Oklahoma State is in their sights. Um, Thirteen point spread for for the Cowboys, but that could be interesting as well. And all those lead into the Oregon game to cap off the night. So this is a Saturday full of football that I'm going to be watching from the second I wake up until uh, the Ducks game is over. Um, mm-hmm. Last, I know you have to go in a second here, but. Last question to get us out the door here. A lot of top 12 teams facing big games. How many teams have lost from that top 12 when we wake up on Sunday morning? Wow. Um, dude. I'm going to say, oh, God. Who does Cincinnati play? Um they play oh they play at USF on Friday night. That should Oh, be we win. didn't we, well, yeah. It's not that good. USF not mentioned. UCF. Yeah. U, USF yeah. is 2 and 7. Um I'm going to say at least 4. I'm going to go with wow. at least 4. Yeah, Bama has like a cupcake it. as well. So, I'm going to I'm going to exclude Bama and Cincy from this sample. So, we'll say top 10. I'll say I'll say 4. Four, yeah. Four, four was what I was going to go to as well. I think three to five is good to expect. Uh, Legitimately, all like all but like three or four teams have legitimately tough games against like decent teams. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens. It's basically Bama is the only one who doesn't have have any prayer of losing. Like Bama, Cincy, and then like Michigan State's yep. kind of on the cusp. I mean, yeah, but oh, I think they could lose. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, man, Sweet, is man. there anything else we need to get out of here? I don't think so. I was about to ask you the same thing. Um, yeah. 
Sweet. All right, well, let's beat the Cougars. Cristobal said it's the biggest rival. I don't think that's true, but you know what he's talking about. Uh, we, just, we just need to beat them and stop worrying about it. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, I'll be in the box for this one. Follow at ODE Sports on Twitter. Uh, follow both of us on Twitter. Follow at DucksPod on Twitter. You can see our handles there. Um and yeah, check yeah. out my recap when it goes up. I'll also be tweeting out uh, game day stories this week. Again, if you're going to the game, you'll see these these big like newspaper type things with big pictures on the cover. That's the Eugene Emerald or the Daily Emerald like game day stories. Read those. That's me and my homies at the sports desk. A lot of good like they're all, we're all college students. We're all grinding out here. Uh, show us some love. Check that out. Read. You have been putting stuff out on Scoop Duck recently. Um, can you give us a lowdown of what that has been like? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing some uh, some coverage of of the recruiting. Obviously, uh, J-Hop just put out a really good story, the big board for this 2022 class. Uh, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, I'm starting to put out stuff for 2023. Uh, we got a bunch of good coverage going. I've been putting out recruiting profiles for some. Or previews for some big opponents. Not sure if I'll do one on Wazoo this week, given that they just don't have much blue chip talent. Uh, but a bunch of good stuff on Scoop Duck, so obviously worth and checking that out, out as those, well. Uh, look out for the official visitor lists that Scoop Duck puts out. Those are always yeah. very helpful. Yeah, good recruiting weekend this weekend as well. I think uh, Jaden Wayne, Kevin Coleman uh, look like they're going to be on campus right now but uh if you want to hear the update on that i'm sure i'll be out in the juice when that comes out from j-hop and and always on scoop duck the latest stuff in terms of recruiting so yeah all right man um yep sweet uh let's get out of here let people enjoy the rest of their weeks and uh go ducks go ducks